0: Shalom Mishbucha, Shalom family. Mishbucha is a Hebrew word, means family, and we're the Mishbucha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non Jewish people, where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile finally come down to form one new humanity. Getting ready, Mishbucha to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. And I have to tell you, I've been looking forward to this interview for a long time. I have a friend that many of you have heard of. His name is Rick Joyner. And uh, Rick and I were uh, in his airplane one day, uh, and I said, Rick, who do you suggest that I— interview on my show. And without blinking an eye, he told me about Alice Cresswell. And she's from uh, UK, United Kingdom, Chester. And uh, he said, and I'll tell you what, if you get her to come to the U.S., I will have her speak at my place. So I said, you got a deal, Rick. And then the more I found out about her, uh, Alice, Approximately, when you pray for non-believers and you pray for non-believers all the time, what percent get healed? Would you say?
1: Oh gosh, um, maybe something like ninety percent. I would.
0: That's outrageous. You realize that, don't you? I know it's amazing. <laughs> I, I think it, but you know what? I believe that anything Alice does, you can do, and maybe you can get to that hundred uh, percent. And Alice. Uh, when you were 11, you saw your first miracle. Tell me about that.
1: I did. Um, Well, I was in my church in Chester, and we had um, an evangelist came to to speak to our church. And there was a boy there. He was the, the son of the pastor, and I knew him fairly well. He was younger than I was. But he had something wrong with his leg, and his leg was twisted. It was deformed. His leg was too short. And he had what we call calipers like a metal um, metal brace on his leg, and he couldn't walk properly. And the evangelist called him to the front, and he called all of us children and young people to come out to the front, and he said, you're going to witness a miracle. So it was was so good because he asked us all to pray, so he got all the young people and the children praying for this young boy. And right in front of my eyes, I witnessed my first miracle. The boy took the brace off his leg, And I just saw his leg, it twisted back into position where it should be, and it grew out quite a few inches, and it was right in front of me. And from that day, I knew that Jesus loved to do miracles.
0: And at 15, you got your first word of knowledge. And I have to tell you, I didn't become a believer coming from a traditional Jewish background until I was 30. So uh, you had a head start on me. Tell me about that first word of knowledge and what you do with it? I know with my first word of knowledge, I didn't even know what to do with it. (laughs) Well, what happened
1: was, it was in the early 80s. I'd been into the city of Chester. I was a teenager. I was going back home on the bus, and I was just sitting, um, looking out of the window next to an older lady, and I really felt like God was saying to me, talk to the woman sitting next to you. And in my head, I was thinking, oh, I can't do that. I was actually quite a shy teenager. So I said in my head, I said, okay God, I will speak to her if you give me something to say to her. And I didn't think that God was going to answer me, Um, but he did. And straight away, I had the impression that she had a daughter who had a problem with her stomach and she was very ill. So I said to her, I said, excuse me. Now, she was so deaf. She couldn't hear me very well, so I had to shout, and everybody was watching me, and I was so nervous. But I said, I said it again, I believe that, um, that I am, I'm a Christian, and I believe that God has just told me that you have a daughter that has a problem with her stomach.
0: And she said, oh, yes, that is true. I'm- now, wait, wait a second. Now, when you said that, <laughs> and you're just 15 years old, you must have been trembling.
1: I was so scared, and I was a very shy teenager. I didn't like anybody looking at me or anything. And But I said, to, she said to me, yes, she's, she's very sick. And I, I didn't know what to do then. I, I just thought, well, all I could think of was, if God's given me this word for the daughter, I'm going to have to pray. So I just grabbed her hand, and everybody was looking at me, but I didn't care. I just I prayed out, and I said, God, please heal her daughter. And then I looked up, and I saw that it was my bus stop, So I had to jump off. I said, I've got to go, bye, and off I went. So I never knew whether she was healed or not, but I at least had stepped out in obedience.
0: Well, you had a breakthrough, and there was a key to your breakthrough. And I want to make this so clear to those that are listening to us right now. You told me that you spent 12 years crying out to God for the, for the gift of miracles, for for more of God, tell me exactly what you did during those twelve years.
1: Well, I would. What happened was I was reading the Gospels, and I read, you know, where Jesus says to go and tell people about him, and Mark chapter sixteen, and that when we place our hands on the sick, they will get well. I was reading scriptures. I was, I was reading about past revivalists, you know, about Smith Wigglesworth, and. Mariah Woodworth, Etta, and people like this, and I was just getting so hungry reading the scriptures, reading about these past revivalists, and I would pray and I would say, God, please use me. Please send me. You know, I want to go. I want to heal the sick. I want to raise the dead. I want to cast out demons,
0: just like you've told us to do. Now, now, now again, I'm, I'm kind of, I have this type of mind. I'm really, I know you can't put God in a box, but I, I just want to know, uh, did you pray that once did you pray that? Once a day? Did you pray that ten times a day? What were you doing?
1: Well, I don't. I didn't count, but it was it was very often. And sometimes I remember I would be up in the night. I would just be crying. I would go in a separate room and I'd be on my knees and I'd be praying and I'd be crying out. I would be fasting. Just it was just a, like an ongoing thing over those twelve years. I, I saw some almost miracles, but they didn't quite happen and. But what I found was that I, you know, a lot of people will give up, whether it's contending for your own healing or whether you want to see other people get well when you pray for them, whether you're contending for something in business or science or whatever it is. People often give up too easily. But what I found was that because I kept going and I was contending for 12, and it was 12 very long years, I did not give up. I would not let
0: Why? Why didn't you give up? That's what I want to understand. i believed
1: what God says. <laughs> because I have a very simple faith. I don't complicate things. And I, I read something that God can do it, that he can use me, that he wants to use me. I read that other people could do it. And I thought, well, why not me? Why not now? I'm going to do it. And I just did not give up. And but what I found was that, you know, I... Eventually, the breakthrough happened, and when you do have a breakthrough, and you've been contending, although, you know, for however long it is, that not only do you step into that breakthrough, but the door is wide open for other people to step into that
0: breakthrough too. Well, there's two things going on. Number one, what I've noticed is if, let's suppose you've had a healing uh, for a tumor on the brain, you have faith to pray for anyone. To have a tumor on the that has a tumor on the brain to be healed is same principle. You've had your breakthrough, and when you pray for people, they get their breakthrough. But there's another thing going on. Heaven is coming closer to Earth than ever before in history. We are, as the traditional Jewish rabbis say, we are in the footsteps. Of Messiah, He's ready to return, so everything is happening quickly. I believe.
1: Yes, yeah, that's true. It is. It's speeding up.
0: Okay, now, now you don't know this, but Alice and her husband have started cafes and gift stores, and and I love it. Uh, in the in the display window, uh, what does the sign say in your stores? It
1: says today, healings and miracles.
0: <laughs> and, and you would think that no one would pay attention to that sign, but that's not true, is it?
1: It's incredible the, the amount of people that come into the store, just from walking past, they see the sign, and they come in, and they say, Tell me about the miracles. Um, They say, how much is it for a free miracle?
0: (laughs) (laughs) How long would it take? (laughs) Okay. So in 2009, you opened a cafe um, and, uh, you know, with this sign in the window uh, and the miracle started. Uh, Tell me, uh, was it gradual or just an explosion that happened?
1: Well, it happened with one teenager and it happened to be the teenager that the police had warned us about. Because our cafe was, was opened, it was in a deprived area with lots of crime and drugs. And uh, so this, this guy comes in, and first of all, we get a word of knowledge for him. And then he's, and he's freaked out by the word of knowledge. And then I noticed that he was limping. Um, and he, I asked him what he'd done, and he was climbing a, a roof of a house and fell off. Because often these, these people that we have in our cafe are trying to break into houses or they're you know involved in crime and he'd he'd broken his ankle but he didn't go to the hospital because they would find out what he'd been up to so we just prayed for his ankle and we told the bones to reconstruct and come back into place and instantly the bones did as they were told by the name of jesus he was healed he walked off and he just said thank you very much i'm fine now and he walked off without a limp completely healed by jesus
0: And you knew that, did you sense this was the beginning of something big?
1: Well, I was, that was after 12 years. If you imagine, I've been praying for 12 years without seeing miracles. And then suddenly that happened. And then the next day during that week, you know, we opened the cafe and more bones were healed. We had, it was just, it really took off instantly and it hasn't stopped. And that was five years ago.
0: Well, you know, when I study the scriptures, the New Testament in particular, and the life of Jesus, um, what I see is Jesus said, follow me and do what I do. Well, that's what you're doing, Alice, and you have two books. One book is called A Diary of Miracles, part one. The other is part two, and you have two special CDs entitled Moving in the Power of Healing and Miracles, and I believe that as people... Read your life and I mean your life is It reads like the book of Acts I mean some of these things are are So amazing and of course we're told If everything in the book That Jesus did Was in the Bible there wouldn't be enough Books to contain it I believe as people walk along with you Through your books and your CDs And your special prayers Of impartation They'll do the same things that you do We're making this entire package available. The two books and the two CDs is available for a gift of $40. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 447 2697 Just out of curiosity, Alice, how did you and your husband uh, determine to start this cafe as a place for outreach?
1: Well, a few years before, I'd had the idea to open a cafe, but it hadn't really taken the idea any further. So we just felt the Holy Spirit telling us to to open a cafe. So we did it.
0: But, you know, uh, you explained to me you were crying out. For 12 years for more of God, for God to do the same things he did in the people's lives in the Bible, the same things he did in the books you read about of famous Christians. Uh, and you didn't see much happen for 12 years, but it's, it's pretty interesting, and I want you to comment on this. As you stepped out by faith to open up this uh, outreach cafe, then the miracles happened I'm wondering if they would have even happened if you hadn't stepped out first.
1: That's right, yeah. It's impossible to please God without faith. That's what the Bible says. So, you know, John Wimber used to spell faith. He said faith was spelled R-I-S-K. You've got to take a, a risk, take a step of faith, and that's when you begin to see miracles.
0: Now, in the early days, it was not as easy to take R-I-S-K, A Step of Faith. Um, how much trepidation was going on with you and your husband when you opened this cafe?
1: Well, it was unknown. We'd never done anything like that before. Um, we had no money either, so we stepped out in faith. We, we, I remember praying in our church meeting. I prayed out, and I said, God, we want this the building that we've seen. We would like it, and we'd like it for free. We don't want to pay anything for it. And the very next day, I got a phone call, and I was offered the, that building for free.
0: <laughs> now, wait a second now. I, I, I believe in prayer. But <laughs> tell me, how did it happen to be for free? Who gives a building for free? <laughs> well, it was it was still we,
1: – we didn't own it, but we were renting it, but without paying any rent. It was just incredible because they, the people that wanted to rent it out wanted money for it. And I went to see them. And the guy said, you know, he wanted X amount of rent. And I just looked at him and he said, well, I guess you don't want to pay that much, do you? And I said, no. So he dropped the figure. And then he kept saying, you don't want to pay anything, do you? And I said, no. He said, oh, here you go. Then here's the keys.
0: (laughs) My goodness. Can I hire you to work for me? No, I'm just teasing. uh, So um, now you told me. Of all the miracles, and you see many, many miracles, yes. your favorite uh, was a man by the name of Terry Fingers. Tell me about Terry.
1: The first time Terry came into our cafe, he was, I was telling him about the miracles that Jesus was doing in the cafe, and he said, oh, I need a miracle. So I asked him what it was he needed, and he said that four years ago, he said, I was climbing through a broken window. Now, I didn't like to say, what were you doing climbing through a <laughs> window? But he, he said that he was, the shards of glass from on the edge of the window frame went into his fingers. And he, his friend was there and he said, oh, yes, I've tried to get the, the glass out with a Stanley knife and I can't get it out. It's still there these four years later. I mean, he hadn't gone to hospital or anything. So when I looked at his fingers, I could see little marks on his fingers where the glass was underneath. It was really embedded in there, you know.
0: That sounds awful. I mean, it sounds to me like if it's glass, every time he uses his fingers, he'll cut himself more.
1: He'd thought so, but it was, it was all a bit bizarre. But anyway, I said, well, Jesus will get the glass out. So I just grabbed his hands, and I said, in the next uh, w- Wait
0: a second. Did he say, okay, you can pray for me, or did you just do it as you said it?
1: Well, he'd already said he needed a miracle, so I just, you know, I just took his hands.
0: Okay. And,
1: and I said, I command all the glass— to come out of his body in the name of Jesus. Now he goes home then, and he came back into the cafe the next day, and he said, you'll never guess what happened to me. So I said, no, Terry, I don't know what's happened. And he said, I've been up all night with pieces of glass coming out of my fingers. On their own, he, just, he didn't even go to bed, he just watched as these tiny shards of glass came out of his fingers, and he would just pull them out with no pain, completely healed but he said you know that he said the funny thing is he said i've had a problem with my foot for 30 years and he said he's been to the hospital nobody can find out the problem with this what the problem is with his foot and he showed me the sole of his shoe and he had a hole a, a large hole on the on his sole of his shoe where um i don't know he didn't know what the problem was but he couldn't walk properly on it and all his shoes were like that for 30 years So he said, as the glass is coming out of his fingers in the middle of the night, he thinks, what's happening with my foot? And he looks down and he sees a tiny piece of glass coming out of the bottom of his foot. And he gets completely healed. He remembered that when he was 10, he jumped off a wall in bare feet onto a a glass bottle and it smashed and a tiny piece of glass must have gone into his foot. But you know, nobody knew it was glass in his foot. But at the name of Jesus, Every knee has to bow, and that includes glass. And the glass in his body, because I'd said every bit of glass in his body come out. I hadn't said every bit of glass in his fingers come out. So it all had to come out at the name of Jesus.
0: Uh, You know, I, I get the feeling that when you pray, you don't hope. You don't just say it because you read it. I mean, with every fiber of your being, you believe that the miracle is going to happen.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm shocked if somebody does not get healed when I pray for them instantly. I like to see things instantly. Because, you know, when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says he took all of our pain, all of our sorrows, he took all of our sins and all of our diseases and our sicknesses. And the thing is that since he's already done that, we just need to receive it into our bodies. So it can happen instantly. and And I, you know... If it doesn't happen instantly, I am surprised.
0: But that's the way it should be. But that's not the way it is from just about everyone that's listening to you right now. You do realize that. Yes, yes. uh, So do you consider yourself normal as defined by the Bible?
1: Oh, definitely.
0: So then what does that make us? (laughs) <laughs> now, I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, now, in 2009, uh, when she opened this cafe, the miracle started popping up all over the place. But don't forget, she paid a price. She paid a price of crying out to God for 12 years. Did you fast any during those 12 years? I,
1: I did fast as well. But, you know, that wasn't the only thing that I did because... What, you know, people often say, well, it's easy for you. You just do miracles and you cast out demons and it all happens. People give their lives to Jesus really easily. But people don't know what's gone on behind the scenes, you know, what it's cost me. And one time we had, I had I had my dream home. You know, I had this wonderful house where we lived as a family and we thought we'd live there forever. But one day the Holy Spirit told me to give up my career, which I knew meant giving up my dream home. But I didn't question him. I, as soon as I knew, the same day I knew that was the Holy Spirit speaking to me, I decided that I would give up my career, which I knew meant losing everything. We'd also, we had a lot of debt at the
0: time. We had- now, now, it's one thing for the Holy Spirit to tell you that. Uh, what about your husband? <laughs> what, what position did he take? <laughs>
1: I have an amazing husband. I say things to him like the Holy Spirit told me such and such.
0: I mean, if I walked home tonight and I'd say to my wife, Joy, the Holy Spirit told me we should give away everything we have, I think she might have something to say. He
1: has a lot of wisdom, and he nods his head, and then he will pray about it. But very quickly, he will come back with, you know, it will be confirmation that he will get from the Lord. and. So, what we did was, um, what was amazing was that if we'd sold our house, I gave up my career, we, we hardly had any income coming in and we had huge outgoings. But uh, we were about to sell our home because that's what we felt we needed to do since I'd given up my career. But we felt the Holy Spirit say, don't sell it. So, we had lived by faith completely for about 12 months. We had so many miracles. Nobody gave us money, nobody knew the situation but we just had so many miracles that we were able to pay all of our debts for a year. And then at the end of about 12 months later, the Holy Spirit said, okay, now sell your house. We sold the house, but over those 12 months, the house prices have increased by so much that not only were we able to clear off all our debts, but, you know, if we'd sold the house 12 months previously, we would still have had debt. But 12 months later, because we were obedient to the Holy Spirit, we cleared all our debts. We were able to um, buy a house, a brand-new house, cash, no mortgage, and we went to the States for a year to rejoin a school of ministry. That's that's so important, to be obedient to the Holy
0: Spirit. I believe there are people that have wrist problems, and if they will move their wrist right now, uh, there's things like Carpal's Tunnel and things like that, uh, you'll find that you have no, it doesn't hurt anymore. The pain is totally gone in Jesus' name. Now, Alice, uh, I am fascinated after you opened uh, this this uh, cafe, the miracles that happened. Tell me about the glory cloud and the drug dealer.
1: That was an amazing experience. One day, we had this, this young guy came in, and I knew that he was a drug dealer, and I'd... I'd had a bit to do with him. I'd been chatting to him previously. He, I was, I was speaking. I was sitting in my cafe and I I was chatting to a lady. And before he actually walked in the cafe, I said to her, "I said the Holy Spirit has told me that a drug dealer is going to give his life to Jesus today." So already we knew, but we didn't know who it was going to be. And just after I'd said that, this young guy walks into the door to to buy his cooked breakfast, which we were serving in the cafe, and. I said, you know, I think he's the one, and I knew he was a drug dealer. So he, what happens is he, he gets his breakfast, he goes outside, he takes it outside, and he sits on the grass outside with his friends. And I said to my friend, I said, oh, I want to, to pray for him and talk to him, but I don't want to go out there where all his friends are. So I said, Lord, just, would you send an angel right now to go and to get him and to bring him back into the cafe? Well, instantly we looked out the window and he stood up and he walked straight back into the cafe. <laughs> As we got to the door, we went and started prophesying to him and telling him how much we love him, how much God loves him, how he's called to be a leader. And he, he told us some problems that he had. So we started praying. He had severe head problems. All the pain went. Then he called his friends over, and there were four of them then. And we were praying and prophesying over all of them. They were being healed by Jesus. They were just... Uh, you could really feel the presence of God very strongly then suddenly one of them, this is right outside the cafe door, one of them suddenly says, what's that? Is that something to do with God? So I, I looked up and right in front of us was the thickest cloud I have ever seen in my life. It was right in front of us like a wall. It was, it was all the way, it was about 100 feet wide. I mean, it was huge. We couldn't see over the top of it. We couldn't see through it. So and I really wish afterwards I'd, I'd got a camera, or got my phone out and taken a <laughs> But the only thing that came into my head, I just blurted it out. And I said, oh, no, first of all, they said, is that something to do with God? And I said, oh, uh, I could just think about, you know, the glory cloud on the mountain. you
0: know.'" Yeah, yeah Well, I was just re- reading this morning about Jesus was caught up in the cloud when he left. Uh, and he's going to return in a cloud. I'm wondering if it's going to be a cloud like you saw.
1: Yeah, maybe. So... They, so I, all I could think of to say was, I think it's a, a glory cloud. I think it's the presence of God, the presence of Jesus. And the, the, then the next thing out of my mouth, just I said, who wants to get saved? And they all said, yeah, we want to get saved. So I said, well, I, hang on a minute. Do you know what that means? And I started to explain about what it means to give your life to Jesus. And they said, yeah, yeah, we want to do that. And I said, well, it means changing your lifestyle. And, yeah, yeah, we want to do that. So they all entered back into the cafe And the cafe was packed full of people, but they found a space right in the middle and the four of them got down on their knees. And then me and my friend, we all, we we joined in the circle and we held hands with them and they just confessed, they started confessing their sin. We went telling them what to say, all this, I didn't even want to know what they'd been up to, but it was all coming out and people were watching them, they didn't care they were praying out, and they, we asked for the Holy Spirit to come, and then they all gave their lives to Jesus, and they could hardly stand up because the, the presence of God was so strong. And they, they, it was just incredible, an incredible day.
0: Tell me about—Muslims read that sign that you have, in, you know, a free prayer, and they come in. Tell me about some Muslims that came in.
1: Yeah, well, this was actually in our shop because as well as—the cafe was in, our, was in a suburb of Chester— And the shop is right in the center of Chester. The shop is very different. We have furniture and gifts and um, coffee area and books in there and the free miracles, of course. But, yeah, one day um, three Muslim ladies came in. And one of them, she came up to me and she said, I've seen your sign outside for free miracles. I need a miracle. I have fibromyalgia. And, And she explained it was like this pain all over her body, that they they didn't know where it had come from, but she was in extreme pain for many years. She even had, like, these um, bandages, you know, wrapped around her wrists and around her legs because she was in so much pain. So I told her about Jesus, and I said, let me pray, Jesus will do a miracle. And she was a Muslim lady. So I I prayed, and, and what I found is that many illnesses are actually caused by demons, and fibromyalgia is usually, in my experience, is caused by a demon. So I told the evil spirit to leave her, and she actually felt the pain leave from the top of her head, and it moved all the way down through her body down to her feet and she felt the pain come out of her feet, and she was completely healed by jesus
0: that that 's normal. I pray that everyone listening, including me, become normal that is normal is defined by the bible. Uh, tell t- me um, you 've had some pretty outrageous things happen, Alice. Uh, for instance, uh, tell me about Claire, who had a slipped disc.
1: Oh, yes. In fact, she had two slipped discs. This, this lady called Claire, she called me on the telephone one day, and she told me that she was in bed. She'd been in bed for two weeks with two slipped discs in her back, and she was in a lot of pain. Now, she said, please, will you pray for me? So I prayed for her over the telephone, I prayed for her healing. And then we hung up the phone. And then after we'd finished on the the telephone, I continued to pray for her. And what I did, as I was praying, I imagined myself going into her house, up her stairs. I imagined myself going into her bedroom uh, where she was. I imagined myself putting my hand on her head and praying. And I imagined all this oil coming out of my hand and down her back. Now, soon after that, she called me back, and she was screaming down the phone. She said, you, you won't believe what's happened. She said, I've just had a vision of you. She said, after we hung up the phone, I, I had a vision, and you walked into my bedroom. She said, I saw you walk over to me, and you put your hand on my head, and all this oil came out of your hand, and it ran all the way down my back. She said, and I've just jumped out of bed completely healed by Jesus.
0: Uh, You know what I'm thinking as you're telling me this testimony is we haven't even begun to touch what is available to us in the spirit. I mean, we're, we're in most are not even in kindergarten. But there, I mean, just like it says in scriptures, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, all that God has in store for us. Uh, tell me—you thought that was outrageous—tell me about uh, the person, a non-believer a lady who goes into your cafe, and she's supernaturally transported.
1: Oh, yeah, that's great. She, she comes into a cafe. She doesn't know Jesus. Her two sons are in jail— She says, please pray for me, pray for my family. I'm about to go on vacation to Haven Holiday Park in Wales. So we pray for her family, we pray a blessing on her, we tell her about Jesus. She gets into a car, it's a two-hour journey to where she's got to get to, Haven Holiday Park. She drives and it goes on for hours, like five hours later, she realises she is completely lost. She's she's nowhere near Haven Holiday Park. She's in the middle of Wales. All she can see is mountains and sheep and no people, and it's beginning to get dark, and she's starting to panic. So she says, God, I need your help. Please get me to Haven Holiday Park. She says, if you get me there, I will give my life to you, and I will be a good person for the rest of my life. And, you know, as soon as she said it, she's driving along, suddenly the, the headlights Switch off on her car, her GPS switches off and her phone switch off all at the same time. She screams, she slams her foot on the brake, she stops the car, she looks out of the window, and there is a sign outside the window saying Haven Holiday Park. <laughs> she can be completely, I don't know what you call it, transported, trans relocated in her car by Jesus she goes into the holiday park where her mother is waiting for her and her mother says she tells her mother what's happened and her mother says i told you not to take all those drugs anymore <laughs> she says, i am not taken any but you know what happened she came she came back two weeks later into the cafe to tell me all this i said it's just like philip in samaria when he got transported by the holy spirit but he wasn't in a car and she said you know i told god i'd give my life to him So I want to give my life to him now. What do I need to do? And not only was the lady saved, but her two sons gave their lives to Jesus too.
0: Uh, Is your walk with Jesus boring?
1: Not at all.
0: No, but I'm gonna tell you something, those that are listening, that's boring compared to yours. Yours is normal. I want them to get your two books, The Diary of Miracles, Part One and Part Two, and your two C D set. I mean you lay out the foundations for moving in power and miracles and healings and it's so contagious uh you you will have to believe by the time you read these books and start following the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So we're making this special package available from Alice Cresswell for a gift of $40. And on the CD, she prays a special impartation prayer for you because once she has captured this victory in these areas, it's easy for her to pray for impartation for you. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697, 447 2697 My guest, Alice Cresswell, I'm talking to her by way of telephone at her home in Chester, United Kingdom, and Alice started in 2009 an outreach evangelistic cafe in, uh, United Kingdom, and the most outrageous miracles are happening there. Um, for instance, Alice, uh, tell me about in 2013, you had a visitation from an angel that started imparting creative ideas to you. Tell me about that.
1: I did, yes. It, what happened was I'd been telling people, I'd been prophesying to people and saying, that you're going to get visitations from angels, you're going to have downloads from heaven about business ideas and things like this, creative ideas. But I wasn't actually expecting it to happen to me. And then one morning, I woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning and I was aware of a huge angel standing next to my bed. And the angel had his hand on my head and I had all these thoughts just whirring around my head and I was, I was trying to make sense of them. And then when I kind of came to... I realized that I was, it, was all, it was a new business idea. It was basically the idea is to take our spirit shop, our shop is called Spirit, where we sell lots of different products and we do uh, free healings and miracles too, is to take that into people's homes like a party idea. So we started to do that, but it all came from an angel downloading from heaven.
0: Well, as you started to tell that story, there was an increase in the presence of God. Do you know what's going on? Something just increased in the Spirit.
1: Wow. That sounds good. I'm just going to release that to people that are listening, if that's okay. So I just, we just declare over people right now that we declare that downloads from heaven, creative ideas, business ideas, that angels will appear and will speak to you and will give you information, will give you ideas, that there will be new businesses birthed, new ministries birthed, that people will start walking in all the fullness of what they're called to walk in, in Jesus' name.
0: Uh, tell me some physical miracles. Have you ever had someone show up in a wheelchair and walk out of their chair?
1: Yes, we did. We had a lady brought in her neighbor one day into our cafe, and she was in a motorized wheelchair. We were, it's the, the end of a busy day. We were clearing up, and I didn't have much time to spend with her. But the lady told me that she'd suffered from multiple sclerosis, 24 years. She said she knew God, but she didn't believe that it was God's will to heal today. So I thought, oh, I've got to tell her. So I just told her a couple of scriptures, because I was in a rush, but I said, you know, scriptures such as Psalm 103 verse 3, where it says, you know, mustn't forget, do not forget, he forgives all our sins and he heals all our diseases. And in Isaiah 53 it states that by his wounds we are healed. And I said to her, it is God's will to heal you. And I told her that Jesus rose from the dead and he has victory over sickness, victory over multiple sclerosis. You know, I just prayed a very quick prayer for her to be healed. The, two days later, I get a phone call from the neighbor telling me that that lady had got out of a wheelchair. She'd stood up for the first time in 24 years and she sat back down again. But, you know, she, she had no feeling from the waist down. She was not able to move. Her husband had to do everything. She couldn't even turn in bed. So I said, I, I was so excited. I was crying down the phone. I said, bring her back into the cafe. So they come back into the cafe a few days later. And this lady is still in her wheelchair. And I'm thinking, oh, no, what's happened? But she says to me that she can stand, but she's not tried walking. She's too scared. And obviously her muscles are all atrophied, so how could she walk? So I said, come on, we're going to get you walking. So the cafe was full of people, so we had lots of people watching. And we, we got her to stand up the first time. You know, she'd done this a few days before, first time in 24 years. We moved her wheelchair out of the way. We turned her around, and we were holding on to her, and she tentatively took one step. She took two steps. She pushed us away, and she walked all the way to the bathroom. She turned around, walked all the way back, and she sat on a normal chair, and she cried her eyes out. She was just so, so thrilled. I mean, you can just imagine what she must have been feeling. We were crying. Everybody was crying as we were watching. And she said, you know, she said, Jesus was in my heart before, but now my heart is light, and now I know that Jesus loves me, and it, it, it is God's will to heal everybody.
0: What about people that wander in your store that have heart conditions, AFib, things like that? Tell me one story.
1: We've had a few of those healed. We've had people that seem to have received brand new hearts when we've prayed for them. Um, one guy, you know, he had he had this atrial fibrillation thing going on, and. Um, we prayed for him. And suddenly, I think it was on Easter day, he ends up getting taken into hospital because something starts happening to his heart. And they get him in there and they do tests. And they said, your heart is back to normal because he was going to need some kind of procedure to fix it. But he, he told them, well, Jesus has fixed it and it's, it's been fine ever since. That was a few years ago. <laughs> uh,
0: how did the doctors react to that? Um, I think they were pretty shocked. <laughs> I, I would think they'd be pretty shocked over that. Uh, now, I understand in about 1998, the prophetic gift started moving on you. Uh, you actually knew people's names and words about them and even moved into understanding things in the end times. Tell me about how that gift operates.
1: Yeah, well, that, that happened. You know, I had words of knowledge as a teenager, but then nothing for years. So I just prayed, God... Please give me words of knowledge. Please, please give me these things again. And I prayed that for two years, and then that started happening in '98. And he just downloaded to me all this information. I was getting people's names. Um, I'll, I'll give an example of a word of knowledge that I had, you know, in recent years. And it's it's so incredible. God speaks to us in so many different ways, and yet we don't often know that it's God speaking. You know, he can speak through our emotions. For example, I had a I had a stillborn baby many years ago. I mean, something like 19 years ago. And obviously, it was very difficult at the time. But God just carried us through it. You know, I I went nine months pregnant, and then the baby died. But God can use these things. And I was in the supermarket one day, this was just, you know, relatively recently. And as I'm going around the supermarket doing my grocery shopping, I suddenly start thinking about my baby who had died many years before. And it wasn't the anniversary of her death or anything like that. So, if I ever feel down or I feel a pain, I always assume it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I assume that it's somebody near me has got something similar. I, I, that's what I assume, that it's not my stuff, you know. Because you can so easily get under things that it's not our stuff, it's just a word of knowledge. So I looked around, I was thinking, this is not, I'm not feeling sad about my own baby that was stillborn. I think this is somebody else's that I'm feeling sad about. So I looked around and there was nobody near me apart from the lady who was sitting at the checkout and she looked too old to have just had a baby. So I thought, Well it can't be her but there was nobody else near. So, you know, it's it's really scary doing this stuff and you've got to be careful how you approach people and what you say to them. But what I did was I took my groceries and I went up to this the checkout where the lady was. And I I told her, I said, you know, I said, I'm a Christian, I follow Jesus. I said, many years ago, I had a baby that was stillborn, and I've just started thinking about her, and I'm just wondering if the Holy Spirit, if God is trying to show me there's somebody near me who's had something similar happen. So I said to her, I'm just wondering if maybe you maybe lost a grandchild recently. Because, you know, she looked too old to have just had a baby. She just looked at me. She said, I can't believe it. She said, my son's baby was born dead yesterday. Mm. Now, I, I wouldn't, I mean, she was like, how do you know that? Do I look sad? And I just said to her, God loves you so much. He sent me to come and tell you about Jesus. And we started, I told her about Jesus. We were holding hands. She was crying. I was crying. She said, I want to give my life to Jesus. By this point, there was a whole line of people wanting to <laughs> pay for their groceries. And they were wondering, you know, and they're thinking, who's this weirdo? <laughs> what are they doing? But, but we didn't care. She was giving her life to Jesus. And then she said to me, it's my husband's birthday today, and he's got leukemia. Can Jesus help him with leukemia? So I said, of course he can. So we prayed for the husband to be healed of leukemia. And she said the whole situation in her family, that her her kids hadn't been talking to her, had been a bit of a nightmare. But we just prayed for the whole situation. Now, about three weeks later, I was back in the same supermarket went to the checkout, and there she was sitting there. She said, I've got to tell you, my life has completely changed since I gave my life to Jesus. She said, even in this difficult situation, all the family are now speaking to each other. It's like peace has moved in. And my husband's been back to the consultant, and instead of getting worse and worse and worse, his results show he's getting better and better and better. And that's through Jesus.
0: Now, God has been giving you people's names is it just a first name or sometimes a whole name
1: um it's it's been a whole name but generally it's just a first name or part of their name i mean one time i had a twinge in my knee and i thought i had it was some, it was a word of knowledge for somebody who had a problem with their knee but then I, I kind of thought back to a time that i'd got another word of knowledge for somebody's name and i thought it was a name so i said whose name begins with knee and I described a person that didn't know Jesus, and this guy suddenly said, I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> he said, that is me. My name is Neo. Hmm. And I just described him to a T, and it was just incredible the way that God just picked him out like that.
0: What has God shown you that will be happening in the future?
1: Oh, all sorts of things. I've, I've had visions of um, of the earth opening up and people falling into it, and it really... It makes me want to tell more people about Jesus. You
0: know, that reminds me of the fellow that, uh, that started the Salvation Army. That he, had the, he had this vision of people just, uh, just running over a cliff and dying, and that's why they started the Salvation Army.
1: Yeah, yeah, and what I also saw was I saw the righteous people, the people who were following Jesus, were standing, and they started to shine, and they were glowing, and they were safe. I saw them standing on solid ground. So I've
0: seen lots of different things. My guest, Alice Creswell, is red hot for the Messiah. Uh, she says that better than 90% of the non-believers that come into her shop uh, for prayer, because she has a sign in her shop, come in if you want us to pray for you, they get healed. That is normal. That's, that, that is normal as far as the Bible is concerned, and it's contagious. It's going to rub off on you. Uh, Alice, you told me you wanted to tell me a story about a woodpecker. <laughs> what is that story?
1: <laughs> it's a great story. It's, got good, it's good for teaching, you know, and it's to do with deliverance. But one of the—you know, we say that 90% of, of people that don't know Jesus are getting healed immediately. But also we're seeing so many people that know Jesus— they get healed too. But one of the keys to the, to the people that know Jesus getting healed is the fact that a lot of, we've discovered that a lot of sicknesses are caused by demons. And often, you know, I'll be talking to somebody who's been prayed for so many times and nothing's happened. And once we, they realize that it's just an evil spirit causing the problem and the evil spirit leaves, they get completely healed instantly. So this, I'll tell you this story that happened. something that happened to me, I was a friend of uh, a friend of mine came round for a coffee and we were chatting away, and she we both got up at the same time and instantly we both had the same symptoms. So we both had a really bad headache at the same time instantly. Both of us had blurred vision, our ears went deaf, we felt really dizzy and disorientated. But it, if it was just me, I probably would have thought I was coming down with a virus or something and got under something. But actually, because we both had the same thing, we thought maybe it's an evil spirit that's causing it. So we prayed together and we told the evil spirit to leave. All the symptoms left, apart from we both had a headache still. Now, after a while, she went home and I was just sitting there and I was thinking, this headache, this is definitely an evil spirit and it's still not completely gone. So I said, in the name of Jesus, this evil spirit that is causing this headache, you leave now. And as soon as I said that, there was a loud bang. And what happened was, I was standing in my living room near the French windows. And outside in the garden, there was a woodpecker flying towards our house. It was about to go over our house. And woodpeckers are fairly unusual. But as soon as I told the evil spirit to leave me, you know, demons like to be in a body. And the nearest body to me was this woodpecker. So the evil spirit must have entered the woodpecker. It bashed its head on the upstairs window and fell to the ground completely dead outside the French windows just a few feet from where I was standing.
0: Uh, That reminds me in the Bible. It's when uh, Jesus uh, said that the demons could go into the pigs. Then the pigs ran over the cliff and committed suicide.
1: That's right. Yeah. So they like to be in a body, even an animal or a bird. So this, this bird was completely dead. Its neck looked broken. It was on its back with its legs in the air. And its neck was twisted. And I thought, oh, no, I've killed the woodpecker. (laughs) My headache had completely gone. I knew it was a demon. I thought it must be a spirit of death or some kind of curse to do with death that's entered this bird and killed it. And I thought, you know, there's not much teaching on how to raise the dead. So I was thinking, do I need to lay hands on it or do I just speak to it? And it must have been five or ten minutes looking at this bird thinking, I don't want to touch it, but, you know. So I just spoke out very clearly and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command this demon, the spirit of death, leave the bird now. And as soon as I said it, the bird turned around, it sat up, it opened its eyes, and it just looked at me, and it was sitting there for about, I don't know, five or ten minutes. And I thought, wouldn't it be ironic if a, if a cat came round the corner and just swooped <laughs> up? But
0: I thought that is my first resurrection. I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, even before you went on the air, and the Holy Spirit is almost like bursting through me. Uh, that I believe that God wants you to pray for people. There are some desperate situations. Yes. And people are have had everyone in town lay hands on them and pray for them, and they're still not healed. Would you pray for those people?
1: First of all, I'm going to speak to the people. I want to pray for the people. If you've got any symptoms that you don't know where the symptoms are coming from, it might be something that I've described already today or in any of these shows this week, or it might be something like a migraine or stroke symptoms. A lot of these are caused by evil spirits. So just put your hand on your head or put your hand on the part of the body. In fact, I'm going to pray for anybody that needs healing at all. Just put your hand on the, the part of your body that needs healing or put it on your head, and I'm going to release the healing power of Jesus right now, and you will be healed. But if it's a demon, first of all, it's good if you just pray out and, and just repeat after me. Just say, Father God.
0: Father God.
1: Please will you forgive me.
0: Please will you forgive me.
1: For allowing this evil spirit a place in my life.
0: For allowing this evil spirit a place in my life.
1: And I renounce every evil spirit. That is affecting me.
0: And I renounce every evil spirit that is affecting me.
1: And I command it to leave me now.
0: And I command it to leave me now in Jesus' name.
1: In Jesus' name. And then just, if you want to breathe in the Holy Spirit, and I'll tell the evil spirit to leave. So breathe in the Holy Spirit, and then on the count of three, every evil spirit has got to leave now. One, two, three, breathe it out now. In Jesus' name. And I just release the healing power of Jesus. So breathe in the healing power of Jesus and just speak to the part of your body that's affected and tell it to be healed. Tell every disease to leave your body now, every pain to leave your body. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. Every illness has to go. Every infirmity has to go. I release creative miracles in the name of Jesus. Brand new body parts come now. I command every cancerous cell to leave these bodies in Jesus' name. Be completely healed through the mighty name of Jesus. Just receive that healing into your body. You can receive it now. He's done it all, he's paid the price. You can just have it, just be healed, and then test out that part of your body. You should find the symptoms are leaving right now. Just start to test things out. Thank you, Jesus. Now, there's somebody that is listening who has been bitten by a dog. I don't know when this happened, but you had some kind of serious injury because you were bitten by a dog. So I just release healing into your body now in Jesus name you're being healed um, I've also I just got the name Jack and I don't know if that's connected whether that's maybe the dog maybe the person's name is Jack or maybe it was a Jack Russell that bit you I don't know <laughs> but we just speak complete healing for that person for anybody who's been injured be healed now in Jesus name I also I'm seeing somebody that's playing a, a mandolin which is quite an unusual instrument, but I don't know if you're playing it right now or you've just put it down, but you need healing in your body and just be healed now in Jesus' name. And I also declare that you have a much-needed breakthrough in another situation in your life, so I'm declaring that breakthrough is coming now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father.
0: And, And I believe God's giving someone a new hip right now in Jesus' name. That's a new hip you're getting. You may already have a metal hip, a hip replacement, but it's becoming bone right now in Jesus' name. Now, when you—just out of curiosity, Alice, when you go uh, about your business, you're in a supermarket or something, uh, are the gifts as active as it is in in your café? Oh, yes. So tell tell me about that man with the hearing aids in the supermarket.
1: Oh, well, I was I was doing my shopping in a, in a different supermarket and than the last one. And um, I was just going through down with my groceries. And I, first of all, I saw a lady coming towards me, and she had a broken foot. It was a big thing, big boot on her foot, obviously broken. She had lots of children and groceries and sticks and everything. She was obviously in a lot of pain. So I approached her and I was very scared to approach her. But I said, excuse me, can I pray for you and Jesus will heal your foot? Well, she says, oh, I don't have time. And she sort of hobbled, sort of half hobbled, half ran away as fast as she could. And I was feeling so down. And I thought, I hope nobody saw that. I was feeling rejected. And then this this elderly gentleman walks up to me and he says, excuse me. He said, I love your hair. And I said, oh, thank you. You know, I was thinking, isn't God good? He sent somebody to cheer me up. But I noticed this gentleman had two hearing aids in his ears. And so I said, oh, uh, can I pray for your ears? Well, he was so deaf, he couldn't even hear me with his hearing aids turned up full. So I thought, oh, never mind, I'm going to go for it. So I, I put my hands on his ears and I said, be healed in the name of Jesus, ears open now. And as soon as I said it, I mean, he didn't know what was going on, but he had all this whistling going on in his ears. He pulls his hearing aids out, and he realises he can hear every single word that I'm saying. And then I noticed he's got a stick. So I, he told me that... Like
0: a walking stick.
1: A walking stick. And he said he couldn't walk properly, and all the... He'd had, like, muscle was, was wasted in his leg. So I said, I said, well, you put your hand where the problem is, And I'll put my hand on top of your hand. So I'm I'm in the supermarket with my hand on this man's leg. (laughs) And who should come round the corner, but his wife. She says, what's going on here then? (laughs) And I I said, oh, I said, I'm a Christian minister. And I was trying to look as much like a Christian minister as I possibly could, (laughs) doing a very good job. So I grabbed his stick and I said, walk in the name of Jesus. Well, he starts running up and down the supermarket aisle, His wife realizes that he can hear every word that she's saying. So they start crying and hugging, and I'm joining in. And it was just incredible. And They they said they already knew Jesus, but they said they didn't know that he's still healed today.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you, there are people listening to us right now that want that outrageous faith that you have. And I can't wait for them to get your two books uh, a diary of miracles part 1 and a diary of miracles part 2 and your two CDs where you pray a special prayer of impartation and you teach them the foundations that you've learned about healing and miracles outrageous faith and you need you need to be normal for a gift of $40 call right today Shabbat broadcast the Lord has already blessed you the Lord He's already smiled upon you. The Lord has already surrounded you with his favor. The Lord has already gifted you. Just receive. The Lord has already healed you. A back is healed in Jesus' name. And the Lord is giving you his shalom, his peace, his completeness in the name of Yeshua Hamashiach Jesus the Messiah, our righteousness.
1: Ihr vergeh grad und
0: ei weh isch panavelecha To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls... The number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.